Welcome to the Dissolving Fear Podcast, where you have the power to dissolve fear and anxiety using easy tools and practices. Earlier this week, I posted an interview with Casey out of San Francisco, and we talked a lot about wellness. She owns a coaching company called Your Case for Wellness, which I think is a pretty cute name considering her name is Casey. We shared tips and tools to grow healthy and strong, even in the face of anxiety or dysregulation when we feel unsteady emotionally. And we talked about some solutions for that unsteady feeling that we can get throughout the day, or at least I could get throughout the day. So I'm going to recap our conversation and highlight some takeaways. Here we go. A few days ago, I interviewed Casey about ways to stay healthy and strong and even more balanced in everyday life. Casey is a wellness coach and holistic nutritionist, and if you haven't checked out our interview in the previous episode, you totally should. It was super fun and informative. I feel like it was almost too fun, and so I wanted to revisit it one more time and highlight the important takeaways from our interview. So today I'm reviewing the daily practices that Casey suggests when it comes to feeling balanced, healthy, and whole. Healthy habits are so much more than just having a lean body or a good-looking body. In my opinion, there's a relationship between healthy eating and healthy habits and our emotional regulation and how good we feel emotionally and physically. So I'll revisit some of Casey's expert advice, and you can think about if any of the information we talked about feels true for you. Casey encourages her clients to stick to healthy habits rather than a rigid diet. The diet mindset is actually very black and white thinking, all or nothing thinking, and good and bad thinking. And that black or white thinking isn't helpful in any arena of our life. That rigid thinking just ends up making us feel hopeless and inflexible. And so an extreme version of black and white thinking is labeling. So labeling yourself a failure if you eat a cookie or labeling yourself a loser if you don't work out or just labeling food good or bad. So labeling is an extreme version of black and white, all or nothing thinking. And you want to avoid all of that. You don't need to avoid certain foods unless you're allergic. But you do need to avoid that black or white thinking around a diet. And Casey was saying a lot of her clients think they're either on a diet and they're doing great or they're off a diet and they fell off the, what is it called? Fell off, fall off the wagon? They feel like they've fallen off the wagon and they can't get back on. And you can always get back on and you can even change the wagon you want to get on. Maybe you fell off the wagon of a keto diet for a reason. Maybe it didn't work for you. Um, maybe you fell off the wagon 
and I hope I'm using that term correctly, maybe you fell off the wagon of another diet because you weren't getting enough fat and protein. And always drink tons of water. That's my personal advice. But Casey and I, we weren't really talking about food the whole time. We were talking about this all or nothing thinking and how that can really block us from growing um, and living up to our full potential and our full health. We also talked about how do people get help in the first place with dieting or being overweight or having an eating disorder. Reaching out for help is very important and it's not a sign of failure. So if you feel like you need help getting more energy out of your diet, maybe help with weight loss or nutrition or an eating disorder like overeating or restricting your diet too much, you can reach out for help. It's not a sign of failure. It's a sign that you're ready to evolve and grow in your life. Maybe you're outgrowing an old habit that is not healthy for you. Casey mentioned that some of her clients overeat in secret and they make their struggle with food a secret, maybe a secret from their partner. Um, And then we talked about how Um, Actually, it made me think about how a lot of issues become a secret. Alcoholics usually put vodka in their mug, you know, or hide that extra beer they just drank. Um, My dad was an alcoholic, and I know how it works. So we were talking about how you don't need to make your struggle a secret. You can reach out for help. And just the, it'll lift that weight off your shoulders that you don't have a secret. Um, that you're not hiding anything, that you're not ashamed of yourself. You're reaching out for help. Even if you can't afford a wellness coach or nutritionist right now, you can follow Casey on Instagram at Your Case for Wellness, and she makes amazing videos. We also talked about how your body needs to feel safe. Um, in order to feel regulated and calm and at ease. And when you're starving yourself, you're not feeling safe. Or if you're over-caffeinating yourself, you're anxious a lot of the time. So we talked about how it is important to eat every few hours, to feel safe and stable and satisfied, physically satisfied. Casey and I agree that fasting isn't healthy, especially for women. I have found this to be true for me, so that's why I feel comfortable sharing it. Because if I don't eat every few hours, I start getting really spaced out and tired and fatigued. Um, Also, if I eat sugar, I crash afterwards. Or if I drink too much caffeine, I have a crash in energy and I think it's a crash in blood sugar, especially if I eat candy. Oh my gosh, I get this huge crash in blood sugar and it actually makes me more hungry after I eat ice cream or candy. I get that crash in blood sugar. So we talked about how being hungry or even hangry, that lethal mix of hunger and anger, isn't healthy. So make sure you're drinking a lot of water and eating frequent meals and snacks, and that will keep your blood sugar balanced and your hormones balanced. And when our body feels balanced, usually I feel like our minds and emotions also feel balanced and stable and even keeled. 
So um, one way to avoid fasting and to make sure that you're eating um, often enough is eating breakfast. So if you're not eating breakfast right now, we recommend it. Um, Dr. Andrew Huberman, a neurologist in Stanford, at Stanford, recommends waiting an hour or so after you wake up to have your first cup of coffee or your first dose of caffeine. Because when you wake up, your cortisol levels are already really high. You don't need to spike them even higher with caffeine right away. And um, you can wait. And that will avoid a crash if you just wait an hour or so um, after you wake up to have your first cup of coffee. So what I have started doing is I'm a teacher. I get to work at 7.30. So I leave my house at 7.15. I get to work at 7.30. And I have my first cup of tea around 8. It's not a full hour after I wake. Well, I don't know. What time do I wake up? Yeah, it's an hour after I wake up. So it works out perfectly. I used to make the tea at home and drink it driving on my way to work. I would drink and drive my tea. It was 7.15. I would get to work all jacked up on caffeine without having breakfast. So what I do now is I just wait until I get to work and around... 7.45 or 8 a.m., I have my tea and oatmeal. And I get these walnuts that have like a yummy maple glaze on them, and I sprinkle those on my oatmeal, or sometimes I sprinkle like dried cherries or a trail mix with dried mangoes on the oatmeal. If I'm home, I put honey on it um, and get it all decked out, or I just eat eggs. But um, the point is that we were talking about is to have breakfast a little bit a little bit after you wake up and don't wait until lunch and do this huge fast and definitely don't um, fast in the morning and only have caffeine you should be drinking your caffeine with breakfast or drinking your coffee or tea and your caffeine after you have breakfast but not before and my little rant that I just went on about oatmeal and eggs, that's about it as far as talking about food. Um, Casey and I didn't really get into which foods are good for you. Um, and we don't really believe that there are bad foods for you. But we didn't really talk about, you know, broccoli and blueberries and salmon and superfoods. Um, definitely Google superfoods, eat lots of superfoods. Casey believes that having this mindset of adding food to your diet to be healthy is way more helpful than having a mindset of restricting and subtracting foods from your diet. And I totally agree. So Google superfoods if you'd like and add some great foods to your diet, some amazing whole foods. Um, as a parent, I think one thing I do is I buy blackberries and raspberries and fresh blueberries, and I give them all to my kids. Sliced apples, you name it. And then I don't really eat them. And so I have been a little more selfish, a little bit more mindful of self-care, and I've been really trying to eat those foods too. I don't need to just save them for my kids. Um, a lot of times I'll have Greek yogurt with honey and berries on it before bed, and I love that. So for all you parents out there, you don't always have to eat your kids' leftovers. If you want to get some 
fresh fruits and vegetables, oh, definitely do it. It has really changed my life. Um, just buying a little bit more and then also enjoying it myself. Another thing Casey and I talked about is comparison. I don't know if you've ever heard the term comparison is the thief of happiness, but it's just really unnecessary a lot of time and especially when it comes to health. So here's a few examples. One is just because your best friend sleeps five hours a night doesn't mean that that's going to work for you. Um, Some people need more sleep than others. Some bodies need more sleep than others. And so don't worry about comparing yourself to other people. Even if you eat the same food as your friend or someone else, your body won't look like theirs. There's so much more to our body type than food, and we know this. So just remember that and eat what you're craving, eat what you like, eat what makes you feel good, order what sounds exciting at the restaurant. Um, And Casey gave an example of this where she was comparing herself to other people and decided to cut salad dressing and egg yolk from her diet labeling them as unhealthy, using very black and white thinking. And she was at a point in her life where she did restrict her diet. Um, And it just wasn't, it's just not healthy. So always think about adding food rather than subtracting and restricting. And don't compare what you eat to what other people eat. So it's fun to get tips though. Um, I work at a school, so I drink chocolate milk every day with lunch, and half the time I eat what the students eat, which is actually pretty good. We have a salad bar, and we have nice salad dressing and cucumbers. Um, I had a kindergartner the other day eating a ton of cucumbers, dipping them in ranch, and she was so funny. She looks at me. She's like, what am I eating? (laughs) And I was like, that's a cucumber, and I think she had just discovered them and they're delicious. They're like juicy and refreshing and awesome. And so it's fun to watch the kids experiment and see what they like at lunch. And I encourage you to do the same thing. Be a big kid. Be curious. Maybe you didn't like salmon a couple years ago. Maybe you might like it now. And I touched on this earlier, but Casey and I did talk about a good night's sleep. One thing I do to get a great night's sleep is avoid caffeine and alcohol before bed. It just helps me sleep way better. And um, so we highly recommend that. Also, heading to bed at a similar time each night and waking up at a similar time every morning helps your body sleep better. And of course, sleep hygiene. So a room that's on the cooler side is good sleep hygiene. Also, a dark and quiet room promotes an excellent night's sleep. I like to drink water before I go to bed just so I stay hydrated while I sleep. I also like to do a brain dump. Casey introduced me to that term, but I love doing that. I call it journaling, but brain dump is fun. Um, We both recommend a brain dump as a helpful way to get things off your mind. So maybe you'll make a to-do list for the next day and place that on your computer. 
And then maybe you'll just journal to get stuff off your mind. Maybe you're hanging on to some things from five minutes ago or five hours ago, and you need to get it off your mind before bed. Also, if you have some amazing ideas that you've been thinking about all day, but you haven't had time to process, go ahead and write those down. Pen to paper. You're, I think, 40% more likely to do something when you write it down. So definitely don't say to yourself, oh, I'll get to it tomorrow or I'll remember tomorrow. Text yourself or write it down that way or even email yourself. That way you're not going to sleep wondering what it is that you have to think about when you wake up. You want to go to sleep with a nice empty mind. And in later episodes in 2023, which is coming up, I'll talk about my evening routine and morning routine a little more in detail. Um, We did talk about, though, how it is important to have an evening routine. I like to take a bath every night and do a little stretching and put some lotion on. And I'm not even getting into my journaling um, or meditation routine that I do every night. But it's brief and it's effective for me. When it comes to staying grounded and steady in everyday life, one thing that you can do for yourself is to avoid overthinking and to notice when you might be overanalyzing or even in analysis paralysis and to take a physical break and move your body, move some of that energy out of your head and into your body. Because overthinking can tax tax us mentally and physically and dysregulate our emotions and make us feel a little, little unsteady or unstable. So Casey and I talked about how overthinking is actually just a way to distract ourselves. Um, we might be overthinking about one thing over here so that we don't have to think about another thing way over there. Um, I was talking briefly about I restricted my diet in high school because I was very anxious about college. So I had this big, um, looming, impending life change, college, that I knew I was going to graduate high school and go off to college. And I had so much anxiety about that. And what I did was rather than thinking about that, Because it was so abstract. I didn't know what to think about. My parents didn't go to college. And I was going to Penn State University, a Big Ten school, and I loved it. But And I graduated, and it was great. But I was very nervous about going. So what I did is I started overthinking to distract myself from my thoughts about college. And I focused my thoughts on food and obsessing over my diet and restricting my diet and just focusing intensely there. And so that's an extreme example, getting obsessed with a diet, Um, but it's pertinent to this episode and it's also an example of how we distract ourselves by overthinking. We can also distract ourselves from our emotions and what's going on internally with overthinking. And I think I just kind of grew up 
with that habit of distracting myself with external stimulation to avoid my feelings, my anxiety. And so at that point in my life in high school, um, thinking about my diet and obsessing about my diet and controlling my food intake was how I distracted myself from my anxiety. So we talked about overthinking a little bit, and then we talked about boundaries and how boundaries are important to stay grounded and steady in everyday life. Um, And it's easy to lose your boundaries or have flimsy boundaries in today's world because you can text people. So you can text people any time of day and we don't get time with ourselves to process things internally unless we give ourselves time with ourselves to process. So if you're overthinking or if you have an issue, try to brush it off with a walk or try to process it by journaling or writing or thinking about it on your drive home before you get on the phone and start talking to everybody you know about your issues or your concerns or your stressors. Because sometimes, because we don't have a lot of boundaries, sometimes we just look to the outer world and to our three closest friends um, to help us problem solve when we could look inward. And in my case, I personally look upward to stay grounded. I look to my higher power and my inner knowing, and I have a lot of faith and a connection to divine intervention and divine guidance. And so I look up to stay grounded. So we talked a little bit about staying grounded internally rather than looking outward to mass media to tell us what to do or our friends um, and to kind of calm ourselves down in that way. The last thing that Casey and I talked about was breathing as a way to stay grounded and steady and feel healthy and whole. Breathing is a great way to soothe ourselves. And I have tons of breathing techniques on this Dissolving Fear podcast. On October 31st, a couple months ago, I mentioned the physiological sigh. And after this episode ends, in a few days, I'll post a bonus episode that is just the physiological sigh breathing technique and nothing else, no more, no other podcasting or fluff on that episode. It'll be just the physiological sigh breathing technique. And it's a five to six minute podcast episode. And you can download it and use it anytime you want to because breathing is so important. So whether you're on a walk, taking a deep breath, or just stretching your arms up above your head to take a deep breath, breathing is so important. And also singing songs or humming can help you breathe or making yourself yawn. Oh my gosh, I'm about to yawn right now talking about it. (laughs) So breathing is very important and you can check out some different breathing techniques on this podcast in other episodes. And also, in that interview Casey and I just did a few days ago, she talks about some breathing techniques that she uses. 
Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Dissolving Fear podcast. If you want to listen to the full interview with Casey, check out the December 8th episode a few days ago. And stay tuned for the Physiological Psy episode. It's going to be a bonus episode that reviews Dr. Huberman's amazing breathing technique. The physiological side works great in the middle of a stressful situation or in the middle of a situation where you might be emotionally triggered. Thank you so much for listening. Have an amazing day.